Welcome to the I Am Persuaded podcast with Travis Shelton. Our desire is to provide weekly encouragement and biblical truths so that you too can be persuaded that He is able. Thanks for joining us on this episode. Now, let's hear what Pastor Travis has to say. Welcome back to the I Am Persuaded podcast. Thank you so much for your faithfulness in listening to each episode. I truly hope they are an encouragement to you and your personal walk with the Lord. And I truly hope you can leave each episode, each series saying, I, I am truly persuaded that Jesus Christ is able in my life. The last episode that was posted was the beginning of a multiple episode series regarding eschatology, or that just simply means the study of end time events. And so I had received a lot of questions because we like to take questions here on the podcast and answer those uh, as we see fit. And so I had received a lot of questions about the end and what does the Bible have to say about eschatology? What does the Bible have to say about the end of the world and the end of all things? And so last episode that was posted, we answered some common questions about the rapture of the church because I believe, and I believe many of you do, that the Bible is very clear that the next event regarding God's timetable for mankind is the rapture of the church. All prophecies have been fulfilled. Everything has happened that he said would happen. And so we believe the next thing on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. And so we looked at what scripture has to say specifically about that event and when does scripture say it will happen. And so if you recall from last episode, we don't know when it will happen, but Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 7 that the end of all things is at hand. And so if the apostle Peter could write right 2,000 years ago that the rapture of the church was close. The question arises to you and me is how much closer are we today to the rapture of the church if they were close 2,000 years ago? And so we know from studying scripture that after the rapture of the church takes place, the next huge end time event that the Bible speaks about is called the tribulation period. Now, remember, as we talked about in last episode, depending on where you believe the rapture takes place, depending, uh, depicts how you believe in the tribulation. But I believe, and I believe the Bible points us very clearly to a pre-tribulation rapture. So the rapture takes place before the tribulation. So I believe after the rapture of the church is what's called the tribulation period. This will last for seven years on earth, and literally it will be like hell here on planet earth. So Jesus spoke in Matthew 24 that there has never been a time like this on earth since the beginning, and there won't be another basically. So when Jesus speaks to those in Matthew 24, calling this event or looking to the future rather at this event the tribulation period he basically says listen guys this is an event like no other nothing else in the world nothing else will come close to the catastrophic events and literal the the pain the torture of how bad this event will be it's like nothing the world has ever experienced and so saying it this in an event it will also be so bad it is in its own category of its own so calling this an event we can't, we can't even comprehend today in our minds about how bad this is actually going to be. It's kind of segregated in Scripture as a category of its own in torment and torture and just catastrophic events. So if you look back over the last 2,000 years since Jesus Christ spoke those words in Matthew 24, no doubt there have been many difficult times in our world, on our globe, in America, and then Israel, and even in other countries. There have been droughts. There have been famines. 
There have been wars. There have been so much more. There's been, in America, the great world, world wars. There have been famines, the Great Depression. There's been awful times throughout history that we can recall and we study about even in school. And so what is it that will set this great tribulation period apart from all these other bad times in our world? Well, one main thing in Scripture that stands out, it is that this great tribulation period will be worldwide and not local. And so if you look at a lot of the different things that have taken place in our world in the past. Many of them are localized to a few countries, maybe one country, um, maybe a couple, but nothing on the worldwide scale has fit the mold for what Jesus spoke about in Matthew chapter 24. So one thing that sets the tribulation apart is it will be global, worldwide, not local. The tribulation period will not affect just one country. It will be completely worldwide and global. Sort of how the pandemic that we just had in the year 2020. And so we've been enduring that for over a year now, and it just didn't affect China. It just didn't affect America. It affected basically the whole globe. Countries that uh, we, we don't even think about, they were experiencing the catastrophic events of the shutdowns and the viruses and the deaths that came about with COVID-19. And so I'm not saying that that's part of the tribulation period because I don't believe that it is, but something similar that we could relate to on a global scale has been this pandemic of COVID-19. And so that, the tribulation scaled up a thousand times, if you will, will be like the tribulation globally in our world. Its effects were felt, will be felt throughout the whole world. And so that's the tribulation. It will be felt from every end of the earth, from sea to sea, everywhere, every country, every tribe, every, everywhere. This pan, this tribulation period will be throughout the whole entire globe. And so no one that is left behind after the rapture that's not saved. We talked about to go in the rapture in the last episode, you must be part of the blood-bought church. You must be part of the church of Jesus Christ. But those of you those of you that are not saved, those of our loved ones that are not saved, those people in the world that have not placed their faith in Jesus, if the rapture takes place, they will be left behind. And so no one that is left behind will be exempt from the tribulation and its judgment. Some might think they can run into the woods and hide and get away from the torment and the torture of the tribulation, but there is nowhere that you can hide after the rapture where the tribulation's effects will not be. So like I said in the previous episode about the rapture, this is just an overview of the tribulation, and we will not go into all the detail because we could spend hours upon hours, episodes upon episodes, unpacking all of the tribulation period. And so however, the Bible does have a lot to say about the tribulation. And so my what I'm planning to do is I'm going to give you a couple different shorter episodes episodes so that we can try to compile it together and I don't overload uh, each episode with information. That way you guys can hear each episode in a shorter time frame and get information and the next week get more information about the tribulation because really there is just a lot to say about these seven years. And two, I'm just going to give you my basic biblical understanding of this event and what I believe scripture has to say without taking too much of your time when you listen to each of these episodes. So a few questions that are asked regarding the tribulation is first, being when will the tribulation period begin and so this depends on who you ask but as I stated in the last episode I am a pre-trib or pre-tribulationist which means I believe the rapture of the church takes place before the tribulation period and so I believe the next thing on the God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church then following the rapture will be the beginning of the tribulation period therefore I believe that scripture teaches it happens after the rapture of the church now however the tribulation period does not necessarily begin the day 
the rapture takes place. It could, but scripture is not clear. And so nothing is said in scripture about how much time will pass, if any, between the rapture of the church and the tribulation period. I mean, if you think with me, there has been millions of people vanished off the face of the earth. And here there's going to come someone on the scene declaring world peace. I think there will probably be some type of a gap for things to settle down before the Antichrist comes on the scene to declare world peace. And so there's a lot that goes into that, but scripture does not say exactly how much time will pass in the rapture and the tribulation period. And so we do know the rapture is the vanishing away of people. And then someone, a world leader, the the Antichrist, Satan's minion, will come on the scene to declare world peace. And so the tribulation truly begins at the signing of a covenant between the Federated States of Europe and the Jewish people. And so this treaty will set into motion the events of the 17th week or seven years of Daniel's prophecy, the 17th week. And so during the waiting period, which we are in right now, Christ is building his church. Christ is setting up believers, placing us as believers inside of the church where he wants us to use us for his honor and for his glory. And that is where all his attention is focused right now. His attention as Jesus, the head of the church, is focused on us the church. But once the rapture of the church takes place, God will shift his attention from the church because we will be with him. He'll shift it back to Jerusalem. And Israel is a key part in the tribulation as they are, as, as they are with any Bible prophecy. And during the beginning of the tribulation, Israel will not think of themselves as strong. So they will make a deal and join in an alliance with the Western nations, thinking their future is now bright, but this is only the beginning of the tribulation. And I wanted to say this, and this is not necessarily scripture, it's kind of hearsay, and it's just what some pastors and theologians think right now. But if you look around at our world, and some want to say, are we getting close to this tribulation? Are we getting close to the rapture of the church? If you look around at the world, you'll see on the news, and as I was scrolling Facebook just this week, I keep seeing news articles of UFO sightings and uh, potential alien life found here and all this stuff where they're everywhere coming out. Now the military and now the government's wanting to come out that all of these um, UFO sightings are being placed. And so something that I heard, and I'm not saying this is true, I'm not saying this is Bible, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, so please don't misunderstand me, is that people said that what they're doing is they're conditioning the world for millions of people to be just basically raptured or vanished out. And so the lost world has to have a remedy. Satan has to have an answer for where did all of these people go. If it's not Jesus and the rapture because he wants to deceive He must come up with a lie to tell the world, hey, these millions of people, where'd they go? And so his lie could be, hey, they were caught up by a UFO or they were caught up by aliens or vanished like that or abducted would be the correct term. And so I don't know if that's true, but I heard a pastor speak on that. And it really made me think as I started seeing all this stuff on the news about UFO sightings. It could mean once the rapture of the church takes place, Satan's tactic is to say, hey, they were just abducted. It's not what they were preaching about. It's not what they were talking about in his plan to to deceive all of mankind. And so we know the rapture's near. The world is pointing to it. The news outlets are pointing to it. Everything's pointing to that the rapture of the church is nearby. And so anyways, back to the tribulation. And so Israel will think that their future is bright. 
But again, as I said, this is only the beginning of the tribulation period. During this time, a man will come on the scene after the rapture, and he will declare world peace. Trying to get people to follow him, this man in Scripture is called the Antichrist. He is against Jesus and everything that he stands for, meaning he is against the plan of Christ on all fronts. If you can remember back months ago, I posted an episode regarding the plan of Satan. The episode was dedicated specifically to Satan. I did one on demons, and I said that the plan of Satan Satan from all along was to overthrow God and his kingdom, and he used tactics to do so. With Satan knowing he's lost, Satan knowing he is defeated, he has one last jab at trying to win, and his last and final tool during the tribulation period is the Antichrist. And so his agenda is to make as many people possible during these seven years follow this man, thinking he is the Messiah and he is one that can declare world peace on earth. And so then a question comes about what actually takes place during the rapture of the church. And so that's something that you hear a lot. And there's a lot that the Bible says will take place during the rapture of the church. But if you were to read Revelation chapter 6 through 19, it describes it very clear for us. And so I will just summarize quickly uh, what chapter 6 or chapter 7 says a little bit. And so it starts with, we read in these passages about a series of judgments and we will not cover all of the judgments in this episode. They will be in later episodes. But we read about all of these judgments that will take place. The first of these judgments is the opening of seven seals. The second is the blowing of the seven trumpets. And the third is pouring out the contents of the seven bowls. And so I will quickly summarize the seal judgments in this episode. In the next episode, we will look at uh, the blowing of the seven trumpets and the, the seven bowls. But in this one, we're going to look at a, out of Revelation 6 at the seal judgments and what Jesus and the, and the scriptures there has to say in Revelation chapter 6. The first seal judgment is revealed to John as a white horse ridden by one who went forth conquering. This indicates that in the beginning of the tribulation, nations will be conquered. The second seal judgment is the removal of peace on earth. Men will then go to war with each other. We know right now the world does not have peace. I mean, we look around and we see chaos. We see riots. We see burning of buildings. We see people disagreeing with each other. But that's not the removal of peace. That's simply just mankind in their sinful nature arguing with each other on a small scale. But during this second seal judgment, God will remove his peace. God will remove the Holy Spirit. God will remove a barrier that was keeping somewhat peace on earth, and then men will go to war with each other. Because there is no peace, mankind will hate each other. God's judgment here on the people in the beginning of the tribulation period is the removal of all peace during that time. In Revelation chapter 6, verses 3 and 4, it speaks of a great sword and a red horse, which indicates great bloodshed as the peace has been removed. And so God's judgment here in the second seal is simply removing his peace on earth. And so people in that time, when, once the peace has been removed, there's nothing keeping it. There's nothing being sustained. God's judgment is poured out completely and mankind goes to war. And so you might say, well, well Travis, there's wars today. I mean, you look just a couple of years ago, we were at war with Afghanistan and Iran and all this. And then there was the world wars and there was the civil war. And then there was the Vietnam war and all of these wars, the desert storm war, all of these wars took place in our world. And so I would say, I agree with you. But as I said in the beginning, 
beginning. What Matthew 24 depicts to us in Revelation chapter 6 here, it's like nothing we've ever experienced before. So if we think the war was bad in our, in our nation's history, we have not seen anything like the war that will ensue when the removal of peace takes place at the second seal. The third seal is a great famine on the earth. The scripture says in verse 5 of Revelation chapter 6, And when he had opened the third seal, I heard the third beast say, Come and see. And I beheld and lo, a black horse. And he sat on him and had a pair of balances in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four uh, beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny and three measures of barley for a penny. And see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And so the third seal is a great famine upon the earth. Here in these verses, a black horse is pictured. It indicates that the famine will be so bad that only one day's wages will only be able to buy you one-tenth of the normal food supply. So think about that. You work all day to receive your wage, and it would only buy you one-tenth of what you could normally buy with that amount of money. And so that's not enough to sustain. That's not enough to feed the family. That's why there's a great famine in, the sec- in, this, in this third seal. It's a famine. And so there's a shortage of food. And so some might say, well, well Travis, we've had famines in, the, in our nation's past. We've had famine in the world before, and that we have. But we have never seen something on such a large scale in our world. There were even famines in Bible days. In Genesis, there were famines. And so there were a lot of famines, but not like this going to take place in the tribulation period. And then it goes on to say in this verse, in the last part of verse 6, for a penny and see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. And so what people today love, the wine and and being drunk and all of that, it's going to be in high um, availability during the tribulation period, showing that what mankind truly needs is food to sustain and what they thought they wanted for so long. It's going to be available, but it's not what they want during that time. The fourth seal is a pale horse, and this is the only horseman that is named in the seal judgments. Verse number seven says this, and when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse and his name that sat on him was death and hell followed with him. And the power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and with hunger and with death and with the beast of the earth. And so this is the fourth seal, the only one that's giving a name and he rides a pale horse. His name is death and hell. Here is the very judgment uh, one foot in this very judgment, rather one fourth of the earth's population will be killed. And scripture says by a sword with hunger, with disease that plagues the earth and with the beast of the earth. Now imagine with me one fourth of the earth's population to kind of put that into perspective. That's roughly the size of China today. So in one seal, in one judgment being poured out by Almighty God, immediately one-fourth of the earth's population will die. And it's going to be excruciating death. Some will die by sword. Some will die through starvation. Some will die with a disease, not like COVID-19, but some will die with a disease that will plague the earth. And then some will die by the beast of the earth, part of this judgment here in the fourth seal by the, 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 the horseman, the pale horse, the riding the pale horse by the name of death and hell. 
The fifth seal judgment is people who are professing Christ and preaching truth will be slain. And so the verse says hereafter in verse eight, uh, verse nine rather, and when it opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell here on the earth? And so the fifth seal is those who are professing Christ and preaching the truth will be slain because there will be some during the tribulation period that do. Then the sixth judgment is the judgment that unleashes universal havoc and chaos on earth. And it will include six catastrophic events. In those verses, it says in verse number 11, and white robes were given unto every one of them. And it was said unto them that they should rest yet a little season until their fellow servants and other brethren should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake. The sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell into the earth, even as the fig tree casteth her uh, untimely figs when she is shaken of the mighty wind. And the heaven departed as the scroll and was rolled together, and every mountain and the island were moved out of their places. And the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and their chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and sent into the mountains of the rocks. Fall on us and hide from from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. And for the great day of the wrath is come, who shall be able to stand? And so in those verses we just read, the in, the, in this sixth sealed judgment, it unleashes universal havoc on earth, and it will include six catastrophic events. We read there will be a huge earthquake. You might be saying, well, we've had earthquakes today. We have them every day. Not like this earthquake. The Bible says the sun will be darkened as as if it was black as sackcloth. The moon will become red as blood. You might be saying, "Well, hey, we had a blood moon just the other day." No, not like this. So there will be. Then the Bible says there will be a meteor shower as things fall from the heavens, and so just decapitating and killing people as they strike the earth. All of this will be natural, uh, devastating consequences. So then the Bible says heaven will be opened up for a moment, so that men in torment on earth will have a glimpse of what they missed out on. Then the Bible says every mountain and island will be moved. We have not had an earthquake and natural disasters like this. And so the Bible goes on to say these are just the beginning of the judgments. But as we read in Scripture, this is, the on, this is only the beginning. The worst is yet to come. And so we will make uh, this into a few shorter episodes, as I said. I hope unpacking these sealed judgments very quickly gave you at least an overview of them. I hope it gives you an overview of the beginning of the tribulation. And so if it's this bad in the beginning, it's going to get a lot worse as we continue studying the seven years of tribulation. So I hope you understand this. I hope I I came across as uh, easy to understand this content. And I pray that you get your questions answered regarding the tribulation. And I look forward to the next couple of episodes regarding this awful event that's going to take place in the future but hey let me encourage you with this if you're a believer you never have to face this if you're a believer during all of this you are in heaven with jesus resting and worshiping at the throne but also let me challenge you as a believer there are people in your life whether it's family members co-workers neighbors strangers whoever it is that don't know jesus and the, the the truth of the of the scripture is if they don't know jesus 
They will be left behind to endure all of these judgments. And we've seen how bad it's going to be in the beginning. And we haven't even got to the, the bowl judgments and to the trumpet judgments and all that. So there's a lot more to be unpacked about the tribulation. So let this challenge you to preach the gospel more fervently today because your friends and your family's lives depend on it. You've been given a message, a message that saves. So preach it to everyone you come in contact with. As always, have a great Friday and God bless. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the I Am Persuaded podcast, please consider subscribing and share with your friends. We pray this is a blessing in your life. God bless.